Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is a beautiful day today, September the 10th. We're seeing some colors starting to come in the trees. You'll see the green ash and the fall gold and a bunch of the nice looking ash trees are already changing and falling like crazy when that wind picked up yesterday, seeing a bunch of them changing like mad you're probably getting if you have apples and pears and that in your yard they're they're starting to fall to the ground they're nice and ripe um had some awesome pears the other day um in the garden just uh yeah they were just like uh, grabbing them off the off the shelf at the grocery store so beautiful beautiful stuff so probably good harvest for a lot of you guys this year um, if you want to share any of that, that would be great as well. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I have, uh, I believe I have a couple of guests today. Probably Terry is going to be on the line. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. Good. Hey, how are you? I'm doing real good today. How are you? Good, good. How was the, how was the tree lot yesterday? Good. It's busy. Yeah. Was uh, it was nice to see lots of good stuff going out the door still. So uh, yeah, it's, it's still looking really good. Lots of good selection out there still. So yeah, I know uh, we have a good, the good sale on. So if any of the categories, if you buy five trees or up to five trees or more, you get fifty percent off. If you buy three, you get thirty percent off, or whatever twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, whatever. Same with the shrubs, perennials. So. If you're looking to fill in those spots, you can grab in five. You get fifty off, so you get some pretty good deals on some trees, yeah, and shrubs, and and uh, and I know we've just brought a truckload in there last week. We like to, whenever we do the sales, I also don't like just to get rid of the the old stuff. We like to mix in some new stuff too to make sure it's worth worth your while coming down and check out our sale. So uh, and perfect day to have an ice cream later on. You go down and check out the scoop it up. They have some. Good flavors. I think Jaden has it up to like 13 flavors or something like that, her and Dylan. So ah, lots of good stuff going on, Terry. Yeah, um, seeing some color changing around town. Yeah, very quickly, eh? I, uh, yeah, this... that's the full moon there triggered that a couple weeks, last week, whatever. And then it's like, boom, overnight, it starts Yeah, changing. when it starts, it doesn't take long. Yeah, I love this time of year, and, and we're fortunate. This seems the last couple of years. <clears throat> I know some people think it's bad or good or whatever. I, I, I'm, I like to take things because whenever you watch the news and they'll say, "Oh, it's climate, blah 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 blah," and then, but they always say the high was like it was always down because I think we're in the cycle back in the 30s to 40s, 2030. Like it sort of those always seem to be the hottest days. Like they show a high of 28 today but it was 32 in 1934 or whatever and <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so i just we're in a cycle right now we're actually getting seasons and and it's it's quite nice we we're getting a spring we're getting a summer we're getting an autumn it's it's and then we're actually getting winter too which is yeah. uh which they say the La Nina, El Nina has switched over a little bit. So we're going to be getting a little bit of uh, more snow and uh, which is, it's just, it's just great for, yeah, for our trees and shrubs and, uh, and a lot of that stuff. So um, it's, it's all good for the most part, as long as it's not the heavy, wet stuff where 
we're getting broken branches and and that kind of stuff but yeah, for the most part it's pretty that. good <laughs> no absolutely not it's uh it keeps but one thing i will say and this is something that when we've had mark on talking trees and with the prune it up guys if you if you if you're pruning your trees properly well structured disease resistant removing along it can withstand that if you have a properly pruned elm for the most part unless we get in that two foot of heavy snow and then it, the tree just can't do it right. but for the most part if you have a properly pruned tree well structured airflow it, it can it can hold it can hold the wind it can hold snow it, it can do all the things it's supposed to do so anyways it's just it's interesting seeing that there's a couple of sites this past week i was out with conrad with our landscaping team and uh i was just checking out we were going to a couple consults and seeing a fair bit in the mckenzie area so you guys out that way or anywhere where there's lots of the columnar aspens seeing a bit of that bronze leaf disease and it, it's quite contagious so we want to get that cleaned up and so best way like to prune it out and uh, and deal with that you'll just see a bright almost like a milk chocolate color and you'll still see the green veins in it but it's very bronzy brown so um have a look at that if you're seeing that i did notice driving around out in that area there was a fair bit in the in the mckenzie lake area so it's just some of those older areas when the had some of the damage in some of the trees and and that that one we just want to get a hold of it. It's similar, like the black knot, Terry. It it once if it gets into the see how it's interesting though. In Mackenzie, they have the old um, Schuberts, and they're the weeping. They don't get the black knot as bad as if you go to Evergreen, where they switch to the Bailey Select, right? The newer variety. And that's where they get overloaded with the black knot. So in those older neighborhoods, they still have the, and it's not as aesthetically pleasing Schubert. It does weep down. It's it's not quite as nice, but it still has a beautiful color and does all the things. It's just, uh, it's not as I guess vibrant or the leaf isn't quite as perfect as the as the Bailey Select. So just interesting to see um, that kind of. Uh, thing going on like when you go to different areas and the types of times when trees were planted like when they're planting the the in evergreen area whenever that was built you'll see lots of the black knot through that whole neighborhood so anyways we uh we will move on from the black knot and uh, and we're dealing with a bit of new stuff we got uh like I said, that bronze leaf disease seeing a bit of that you're gonna see a lot of bugs on your leaves right now um I've seen a lot of leaf hoppers. Aphids are coming back in for their last shot at some at some <laughs> new foliage. With that little bit of rain, that kind of and a little bit of new growth on your trees, you see that, right, Terry? And and now you see a little bit of 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 there's still some life in the trees, and then the aphids come in for one more one more shot at your trees. So feed, yeah, before they're done. <clears throat> yeah. So again, if you do see that, do a really good fall cleanup. Um, do some thing, hose them off as best you can. You can use the Bug Be Gone with the Pimethrin, the Pure Spray Green, both work really quite well. And uh, yeah, so anyways, it's just that time of year we're going to see a bit of that. I, I just noticed I have my lemon tree outside and finally getting blooms. It's looking great. 
I flip over one of the leaves and a whole bunch of black aphids are all over it. So I just squish them off, spray them off. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to let that one get to it. I'm going to make sure I keep that one alive this year because I got a bunch of blooms on it. So I'm hoping to see some lemons by next summer. And uh, yeah, let's hope so. Uh, we got Brian Rottenfusser joining us, Terry. He's going to come oh. in at 940. And Brian's with the Cowrie Rose Society. Oh, and okay. he's going to give us some some tips and uh, and whatnot, what to do with our roses going into fall and then also next spring, what we can do. So some tips. It's always interesting chatting with the Rose Society. So um, we do get a fair amount of t- questions on roses because they're, again, they're one of those ones like looking at like a Teresa Bagnay, like once you hit September 1st, mid-August, it starts getting all kinds of things going on with it leaves. Like it get, it gets the leaf hard. It gets all the little dots. It starts changing color a bit early, and you, you're looking at it, and it is a bit frustrating on some of the ragosa type roses that you'll see. It's it's not the perfect foliage. So, anyways, we're going to chat with Brian on some roses. So Terry, you get your rose questions. I know you're a bit of a rose nut. Um, you, you like some roses and you've brought yeah, in some sure. gorgeous yeah, ones. A, quite a large rose bed in my backyard and it's all hardy roses, but, uh, yeah, they're, uh, you can't beat them. I was actually up at, uh, the botanical gardens of Silver Springs uh, a few days ago. And, so he uh, would be a big part of that. Brian's up that way. So he'll be yeah, a big, okay. uh, a influence on that garden up there. Big, beautiful, uh, rose display garden up there that I was checking out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, I've mentioned it on the show before, but it's definitely a hidden gem that that place. It's a, uh, it's a real treat. Anytime you get to stop by and, you know, spend an hour there, it's, it's, it's well worth the stop. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Let's, uh, where are we at for time? We should probably just take a break right now and we come back. We'll hit the phone lines or texts. And, uh, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. 403 974 Two five five. Um, you're listening to Let's Talk Garden. We'll be right right after this. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered on the phone lines and texts. If you'd like to call us, 403-974-8255. And we got a couple of callers on the line already. Let's go to Vern. Good morning, Vern. Hello. Hi, Vern. How can we help you? Hey, hey I got some evergreen trees in my yard, and uh, needles have been falling off. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the tree. They just dropped. The needles, uh, and yep. they've got quite an accumulation of them. Should I be cleaning those up or just leave them where they're at? Um, I'd like to leave them is if possible. Like, do you have bark mulch underneath there, or is it in the grass? Or uh, sort of grass that doesn't grow? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's in the grass, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you put in, even if you mix some bark mulch underneath your drip line of your tree, it just it is really beneficial. So what the tree is trying to do it's trying to recreate the forest floor. So it makes it like really prickly underneath there. So bugs don't like to go through there and crawl up into it and other things like that. So, and it helps with uh, the soil that it likes. It likes that when it drops the needles, it gets a bit more acidic and things like that. And that's what the spruce trees like. 
Okay. Um, so right. I, instead of trying to fight it, I, I usually remove the grass from underneath the drip line. And usually it's not that hard because there's usually not much there because it doesn't grow very good anyways. And I yeah. just cut out uh, six, eight inches past the drip line of the tree, like the furthest where the branch is. And then if you put just a shredded bark mulch underneath there, and then it's easier. The needles kind of hide a bit, and then it really it just holds the moisture in a lot better for your spruce trees. And that's you're probably seeing the needles dropping. It's in the middle. And then same thing I seen like sort of when the moon changed there last week. I seen a whole bunch of the pine trees around Calgary. Some of the spruce trees. You get the 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 it's sort of a every annual or every two or three years you get the the needle drop from the inside. Just a natural needle shedding. So we're seeing a bit of that right now. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Pretty normal. Um, just water your trees really good right now. Going into fall, um, put it around the drip line. Just those soaker hoses work great, and uh, and then give them a good shot before freeze up, and then you should be good. I've never watered them ever, and they're just as healthy as can be. Perfect. You might have just a good spot when it's water off the house. No, and, and they're pretty, if they're in a good spot, I like a lot of times they don't need much. It's just when you see them crammed into in between driveways and all concrete. And if they have room yeah. to grow, they're they're a pretty easy maintenance tree, Vern. I agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Vern. Thank Take you. care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, and uh, you see that, and uh, spruce trees, hey, Terry, like if they're in the right spot with room to grow, they're great. It's just when, you, like, I go along the street, like along in Sundance or some of the areas where those where the spruce trees have gotten pretty big, and they've got them crammed in between sidewalks, driveways, roads, and there's just no soil for them. And the spruce tree's roots are all on the surface, and that's where it's it's pulling in the water from so if it's all covered with concrete and everything else there's just nothing um so the tr the spruce tree just can't pull in any moisture and that's where you see that the winter desiccation you see a lot more damage on your on your spruce trees when they just don't have the room to grow yeah definitely definitely tough tough situation when you see them planted like that yeah, and we got a lot, and I noticed that yesterday. I, was, I pulled in the parking lot. I was on the, I was on the phone, so I was just sitting in the phone in the parking lot, watch or finishing off my phone call, and uh, I seen like three or four of the columnar spruce heading out the weeping spruce because we brought in a bunch of compact evergreens, which are great for our for like for a lot of the smaller yards nowadays. That'll give you that evergreen feature without having to put a Colorado blue spruce that that needs 20 feet across right yeah that's right um, those uh, those columnar when when they're grown um, when they're grown nicely they're fantastic trees um, the fastigiata um, spruce are just I mean you can't beat them they're just such a nice footprint to them um, and you know relatively easy care they're not not, not huge demand on on needs. No, absolutely. One of my favorite ones when I go in through Okotoks on the main drag, when you come in the backside, sort of when you're on the road, I don't know what road it is, but when you go by the baseball stadium, and you just come up to the top of the hill. Yeah. On the east side of the road, there's a a beautiful uh, fastigata, and uh, just go. Out. It's one I always admire. I see it there. There's a perfect specimen, just a beautiful blue, um, perfect shape. And uh, 
but we did you brought in a bunch of really nice ones this year so and they were we were finally able to get some size like they've been we've been stuck with two or three footers for the last couple of years and you found some six and seven foot so we got some decent size uh fast to get is in so and yeah, and that's you get, still have probably a dozen out there still so <clears throat> still, yeah still good selection on those absolutely um where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hello. Good morning. Hi. How can we help you? Okay. This summer, I have discovered um, holes in my <clears throat> trunk of my towering aspens with uh, uh, fine thread-like wood shavings coming out of them. And um, I think they are poplar willow uh boring beetles or something like that i was wondering mm -hmm. what on earth can i do to are, uh, are they in a row though is there like more than one hole are they all in a row or is it just one hole here or there um there are a few places where there are two holes side by side uh otherwise they're single holes and they're in the branch connections to the main trunk um the i have i have three trees and one of them is i think quite badly eaten already and then uh tree number two and three are lesser affected okay because there's a couple things with the holes it could be um the, the borer as you were saying but also there's a yellow like the sapsucker tree or bird like they'll get in and they just poke holes they love birch willows things like that and they just poke holes are digging for bugs through it and they, they just put but they usually do them in rows you'll usually see four or five in a row and then they'll go down and sort of like a typewriter do, 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 yeah, do, no do, i do, don't do. have that okay good yeah um probably one of the best things to do is if you give mark a call with because there's no systemics available but mark um with our pruned up team they can treat it with triazon so if you if you contact our pruned up division I would, I'd recommend you get a trees on treatment and it's an inject. We, we inject it into the tree. So it's a systemic treatment. Um, otherwise there's not a lot to do with them because we like and on what's available in the retail market. So if you, if you give our pruned up a call, they'd be able to diagnose that hundred percent and then also get that treatment lined up for you. If that's what you're looking for. Would, uh, would it be a treatment this fall yet? Um, I think it would probably be in the spring. Okay. Yeah, that's typically when we do it because right now it's downloading everything, and mm -hmm. it's really not going to do much. So, but we would be in, it would be an early spring treatment. So when mm -hmm. the when the tree is pulling everything up into it, that's typically when our, we do our birch leaf miner and a lot of these trees on injection for the trees it's when it's sucking pulling all the nutrients and whatever else up into the into the leaf system so the best thing to do right now though is just keep it clean water it well um you might even want to give it a shot of rage plus um but other than that I, like i said maybe give them a call let mark come out and have a look at it and then uh, get your proper diagnosis and then get you set up for the treatment after that Okay, and I can contact him through the uh, Spruce It Up Garden site. Do you have a phone number yeah, there? For yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah. You can either just call the store or on the on the website. We do have mm -hmm. you just click on the Print It Up. There's a customer. You just fill out your name, number, contact them, and then they'll reach out to you. you. Typically between 24 and 48 hours. Okay, okay, I'll do that. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Sheila. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. 
All right, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. I am here with Terry Kemper. And we do have one caller on the line that we'll go to. Let's go to Shauna. Good morning, Shauna. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. How can we help you? I just have a couple questions. Um, I brought some shrubs, and I'm sorry, I just can't remember the name on them. But I have a garden that I want to put them in, but I haven't quite decided where to put them. Can I bury them in the dirt in the pot till spring? Absolutely. Yeah. If you just just dig a hole, um, put the put the pot in the ground, cover it with some mulch or leaves or whatever, water it in well, it'll it'll be totally fine to sit in there. Oh, good. And maple buds. And just but, but try and do it in a shady area. Sorry, I'll just finish off the first question. Okay. Just don't put it in a super sunny spot, like it'll because okay. in the pot it'll kind of heat up and dry out. So shadier spot the better, if possible. Okay. And maple buds. What is the story on them? Maple buds? Maple buds. The red, black, you know, the, and they uh, kind of group together. And they're everywhere in my, uh, I got them on rocks. I got them on trees. Oh, box. Was, box oh the box, box elder beetle. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's Manitoba maple. Same, like people, we, we in Alberta and, and Western Canada, we can't grow a lot. In the prairies, we don't do a lot of maples natively, so we've adopted the box elder and called it a maple <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a bug that gets in there. It is one of those years for it. Um, they love being in the hot spots in your house, so they'll, like you said, the patios, wherever the sun shines, nice and warm, they're out there sunbathing. They love that. And are they harmful you, to plants or anything? Um, Terry, you want to take that? Yeah, typically not. They're more just a nuisance to us. I have uh, a lot of them in my yard because of uh, trees my neighbor has, sort of draw them in. But they don't typically cause any damage. I usually, like you said, you see them in groups, and I'll typically go after them just with the shop back to control them quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does a does a great job, and uh, it's like I say, they're just they're not problem problematic they're just a nuisance to us cool um and also sorry i have one more quick question i have um irises that are coming or up about four inches or whatever can i dig them up and transplant them right now yeah absolutely now's a great time to transplant irises okay thank you for your time i appreciate it all right you're welcome no worries thank you bye and Terry, actually, I moved a bunch of, uh, I moved some hostas the other day, and I, they can almost be moved anytime to be, for the most part, because they're a lot of your shade plants, they move a lot easier. But there's definitely some that you should. Is there any some perennials that you shouldn't move, or like, or in the fall, or is there, is the fall the best time to, if people are looking to rejig the garden a bit? Typically, I use that, you know, it's it's a long sort of, held belief you know anything that you know blooms in spring is best divided in fall and then vice versa anything that blooms in fall is best divided in spring but i mean saying that i i move plants when i have to uh, i try to follow that guideline but if i'm working in an area and i have to i just 
take some extra precautions. I try to get as big a root ball as I can if I'm dividing it, um, making sure that I'm giving a little extra water. Uh, if it's, you know, more often than not, we're starting to see um, changes in the, in the foliage on our perennials as well. So they're sort of downloading and doing the same thing too. So they're not growing as actively as they once were, um, mm-hmm. sort of midsummer, and perfect, perfect time to, to get those things divided and moved. Alrighty, well that's good because it it is like like I these were hosses that were crammed into a spot and I just I need to spread them out a bit and and so I just as you say stuck the shovel in the ground and yanked them out and I but I tried to I always dig the hole where I'm moving them first and then I grab the the lump and then I bring it over and then I kind of break it apart as I push it down into the ground and sort of seal it up nice and it, I I've always had very good success just just doing it that way so anyways it's it is it's a good time to if you're looking at uh, moving your perennials and things like that but also if if you're down at any of the garden centers and you're picking up some perennials because pretty much all the garden centers are having a sale right now so it's it's a good time to hit them and if you're looking to buy if you to buy a bunch of them and you need to fill you're buying the root like so if you're buying a a bleeding heart at this time of year or some of the other earlier spring plants, they're not going to look great in the pot. Like they're, they're going to look like they've uh, been through whatever and been neglected. And, <laughs> yeah. but you're buying the root on a perennial. Cause you gotta remember all the perennials pretty much die back to the root. And then you're really, what you're buying is a root ball right now. So, so just remember that when you're buying your your plants, and you can see if you're if you are buying a bleeding heart, you'll see at the top there's some good sturdy stems that were out of there at one time. You're getting a good plant. So just so just remember that when you're when you're out buying um, your plants at this time of year, because it is different if you've moved here from Vancouver. And I know there's a lot of people that have moved here from Vancouver. It's it's a it's a gardening shock, right? It's a different beast when you're dealing in calgary than you are in vancouver per se oh, sure. like yeah. yeah like we get we get the falls we get the color change we get the leaf change and they do get a bit of that in vancouver but it, it's definitely not as drastic right and you're going to get some of that beautiful foliage um all year round and your magnolias and your all your big plants that you do your japanese maples but we can do things like that's why you want to like stop down at the garden center chat with guys like terry and chris in the tree lot and and we can say it like we have korean maples there's other ones that you can grow um we have cowry boxwood we have about 10 15 varieties of hydrangeas that grow really well for our area so we've brought in and and worked with our breeders and different things to bring in plants that aren't the cowry carpet and the potentillas of the landscaper of the past. I always love when a landscaper comes in. The, like they, there are a lot of them are great at hardscaping, but when, most of them, when they come in for plants, it's, do you have any potentillas? <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's something they heard their grandpa talk about or whoever. And, uh, and they just know that that's, they're just looking to fill some space in for the most part, because there's lots of other great plants that you can use. Potentillas are great in their certain spots, but they're one of the ones that uh, it, it would be nice to, uh, move on like there's some nine but there's so many other plants that nowadays that you can use that can add to your landscape and and give you a bit of a different look so it doesn't feel like we're living on the on the prairie where all we have is uh it's dogwood potentilla and some cowrie carpet right so 
there's we have, we're very diverse now with our with our plant selections and yep, and it, it's are. taken some years the last 10 years it, it's changed it's evolved amazingly so it, it and also getting the fall color like we have so many plants like before like 30 years ago all you got was basically yellow and maybe a tinge of orange but now we're getting lots of plants where you can get the reds you can get the oranges you can get beautiful fall colors so I just just do a bit of research, do some due diligence, chat with like people like Terry, Chris, Mike, and uh, everybody in the tree lot, and and then you can pick up on those things and uh, and get things blooming at different times because that's the fun part watching your garden evolve through the season. So, anyways, we got to evolve to a commercial break, Terry. So we're going to do that right now. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And we have also joining us Brian Rottenfesser, and he is with the Cowrie Rose Society. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you doing today? Very well. How are you? Good, good. Um, Terry was just, uh, he snuck away from work. He said he was going for a lunch break, but then we didn't see him like for three hours. I think he got lost in your garden up in Silver Spring. So... <laughs> it's a you said Terry to a garden to tour, you know he's not going to be back. So, <laughs> anyways, so I don't know why anybody would feel any different. Because, um, so, but you were up in the Silver Springs. I'm and... in Silver Springs area, but I've not been over to the garden for a couple of weeks. So I'm not sure. Okay. Just what no, but yeah, Terry was there yesterday or day before, and he was just admiring the rose garden. And I said, well, I think Brian might have something to do with that one up there. I really do not. Oh, really? Uh, I, um, I do know some people who are involved in that, but other than wandering through once in a while and and uh, ooing and aahing like any other tourist, I, uh, <laughs> I I'm not directly involved. I have enough roses to uh, keep my sore back going. Okay, yeah, because uh, yeah, Terry, he said it was it was a beautiful garden. So, and he said they had quite a nice rose uh, section. So, they they added to it. Uh, a couple of years ago, doubled it in size, I believe. And quite a large number of varieties. So if someone wants to look at the, uh, check out the different hardy roses and see how they do, there's there's quite a bunch of them there to compare. Actually, yeah, that's a good idea if you're looking to, um, if you're looking at putting some stuff into your garden, like you can spend time, you can go to gardens like the Silver Springs, you could go to the zoo, you could uh, check out Riley Park, or there's a few different areas in town where there's quite a gorgeous um, plant selection, Rita Rock Garden, things like that, to uh, see what grows well. So, anyways, we're gonna t- we're gonna talk some roses, Brian. What um, like so going into this season, I, I we, we we chatted earlier this week, and it is that well, I get quite a few questions, and we we tend to get lots of pictures of. People wonder, wonder what's what are these dots on my roses? What what's my rose doing? What should I do to my rose in the winter? So maybe if you can pass on some 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 tips for for the beginner to to novice gardener to if you want to grow some roses. Well, the first thing they um, need to be aware of is, is there are tender roses and hardy roses, and. Uh, Hardy roses can survive with minimal care here in Calgary. And I'm sure you get that question in the garden center all the time when people come in is, will it survive the winter? So they, people need to be aware of what it is they bought. 
because if they got the tender roses, then you either treat them like an annual or you learn to winterize them. If you get the hardy roses, I have one bed of roses that I go past it every fall and I say, winter's coming, guys. I don't know if you talk to your roses or not. I do. <laughs> um, I say, winter's coming, guys. I'll see you in the spring. And other than watering them in, I don't do anything to that bed. Okay. But the tender roses, I have to give them enough protection that they don't, they may see the cold temperatures, but they're not going to be affected by the the day-to-day extreme variations in so temperatures building, that we get in the wintertime. You're building an igloo around them. <laughs> uh, I, I put a collar over them. I put peat moss in it. Um, different people have different means, and uh, we detail a number of those in our book, Growing Roses in Calgary, that we published about 10 years ago. Okay, and we do have that book available at Spruce It Up. So if you are looking for a, a very local rose book, only roses that you're you're in there, this it's a great book. It has lots of information in in the book. Um, so when you say tender roses, are you talking tea roses or the tea maybe roses, this... the floribundas, the grandifloras, the miniature roses? Although they're harder to come by now, uh, all of those need winter protection. But the, okay. if you've gotten the Morden Roses or the Canadian Artist Series or the Explorer Series, those were all developed here in Canada. They're hardy roses. They really don't need much. Okay. So when you say, so I know we touched on it really briefly. So winter protection. So, so I have a bed of tea roses, say a few tea roses. Is there any way you should plant them differently when you plant them? I've heard people put them at 45 degree angles, straight up bury them deep or what what what's maybe I, give us a little i recommend uh and what we recommended in the book was planting them with the bud union where the that's where the tender rose is grafted to a hardier rootstock plant that four inches underground that gets debated regularly uh other people just say pile more mulch on top but i always planted mine four inches beneath the ground and then I put mulch over top when I cut them down in the fall I put mulch over top and and uh, cover them well so that they're protected and if I can uh, where the the bed that I found survived the best was where I shoveled the snow off my driveway onto it oh okay so. yeah that just natural um, good good cover that way I know Terry you do a bit of winterizing down at the garden area Terry yeah, I've I've been the last few years. We'll you know uh, trench a lot of things and then pull mulch over top of it. So in effect, basically insulating the plant from the from the cold. Uh, and then come spring, we'll we'll lift those plants up. You know, usually sometime in in April. Um, and they're they're well budded out by then, and um, hardly know they've been through winter. Yeah. Well, the the frost here goes so deep that. The plants are going to see the, the cold, but yeah. it's that those sudden changes when you get the Chinooks rolling in in January and February, going from minus 20 to plus 10 in the course of a day, those kind of things that really shock the roses. Well, actually, yeah, and that's what does harm to most of our plant life, Brian, is it's the Chinooks that we love, but that's what's harming any of these tender, like even the maples, and we see... Um, the Russian olive, like a lot of these bigger trees, and some of the harder wood 
that winter desiccation is real hard of them are cedars where in Edmonton it just stays frozen. They don't get the Chinooks and they can grow beautiful cedars. They grow a lot more varieties of plant life because it just it stays frozen and and a lot of people don't understand that that's what's the biggest killer is so we we really push or harp on the fall watering and get into bed and try and keep them frozen and and like you said mulching over things like that to to get them through winter we moved to calgary 24 years ago from up near edmonton and it was a real shock to discover that the growing season in Calgary was about 25 days a year shorter than in Edmonton. Wow. That's an entire and flush of, of roses. I used to get on, on the same rose plants because I transported some of them down with me. Uh, I'd get three flushes of blooms a year and down here I'd get two. Yeah. It, sorry guys, we just got to take a quick break. Um, we'll get back and we'll continue chat, chatting with Brian. If you want to join us with any rose questions, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I am joined with Brian Rottenfusser and Terry Kemper right now. Um, and so, Brian, I just wanted to touch um, on, on so typically for foliage on your plants, like say you have a Morden series, like a Morden blush, um, do you like to leave the the buds on going into winter like the so i know we deadhead all the way through the season but when you get to the end of the season is it better to leave those things on or does it matter or i always leave them on i'm i'm basically lazy if if there's something i don't have to do in the garden i don't do it so uh i leave the buds on uh, yeah the books from other places talk about birds coming and eating them I've never had much for birds eating the the red hips on on the rose bushes I, here. I know the deer love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fortunate. Uh, I don't tend to get those in my yard anyway. But, okay, uh, well you're lucky that way. Yeah, the, uh, the the thing I do get is the uh, the hares. The, oh yeah, the rabbits. The, the big rabbits will come in during the winter and nibble back. Uh, any of the uh, roses that don't have too much for thorns, they'll they'll chew them back quite severely. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't have right, a well, we do, to that. We do have a question. We do have Patricia on the line. She has a rose question. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Um, I need to move some roses that we have to move. And I'm wondering, can I put them into the ground now at our new home? Or do I put them into a pot and keep them in a heated garage? That's an interesting one. I take it you're moving and wanting to take the roses with you. Yes, I am. Because uh, my normal advice is to transplant roses in the spring. Yes. If, if you transplant them now, we're late enough in the season that I think they'll they'll start to try and root and to send up new growth. That's their natural instinct once the roots have been uh, okay. dis disturbed. Uh, that That's really a tough one. Yeah. Terry, you want to uh, jump in here? On yeah. this? I, I had to put Terry on hold. We only have so many lines at, oh. from the moment, so I got Terry on line. I, I agree. It is, if you have to do it, um, you can try and dig it up into the biggest pot possible. And try and dig as big a, without disturbing the root, I think, is what I would do. 
and and just try to do it that way and wait till after the first frost when they kind of go dormant and then try to get as big a clump as you can and then and then bury that into the ground okay. and then start then start fresh next spring but let's uh Patricia, I think that would probably be your best bet. I got to go for, we got to take a quick break. We'll put Brian on hold and we'll finish up just after the hour. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I am here with Brian Rottenfusser and Terry Kemper. And just want to touch a little bit on some roses. We'll finish up here, Brian. So um, you, you do miniature roses and you're doing them outside from what I understand. Well, yes and no. I I do miniature <laughs> roses. Okay. <laughs> they, uh, <clears throat> I have over a hundred of them in pots in my backyard right now, and I'm busy taking cuttings. And oh, okay. Then, during the winter, I have uh, uh, cuttings under the lights in the basement, and then as they transplant transplant them into larger pots, they go into every window and uh, every space I, that my wife will allow me around the house. It- is there a better time to take cuttings? Like typically, a lot of plants you do it in the spring when you have a bunch of the new growth, but you're doing it this time of year. Is there a different, or are they always kind of a soft wood that you can do it? Um, I'm slowly figuring out that it's better to do it earlier in the season. I do them this time of year, uh, partly so that I don't have to worry about the having the basement full of cuttings all summer, so I can take time off from from that aspect of it yeah no absolutely and, yeah and uh partly because i'm letting the roses grow uh, when i take cuttings and transplant them outside they're not very big plants and i wanted them to uh, have some time to grow so so would they need a shutdown period too like do the those type of miniature roses do they need to shut down for a certain time or if i uh, decide to bring them into the house yes they they really do want to take a break um, okay. They, I think that's typical of roses. They uh, want to have some some sort of dormant time, so they'll they'll take their time uh, coming back. Uh, I will say that when I bring them into the house, the the cuttings are okay. I wash them thoroughly and I put them in my little rooting pots and rooting chambers. But if I bring a a, a larger plant in a pot in, um, and this is a, a bit of a warning for anyone out there who's thinking of taking a rose into the house is every little thing that feeds on roses wants to come with it. So I cut them down quite seriously and then I insecticidal soap them at least twice before I'll I'll bring a potted rose into the house. And that way I'll say I limit the bugs. I've managed one year without any aphids in the house but usually I... Yeah, no, roses, like spider mites, aphids, thrips, they all love roses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the squirrels love my roses, too. They'll eat the buds. So the flora and fauna are out there. um, The bugs and the the birds and the, the squirrels seem to think that I've just put out a feast for them. So, so you've nice. got to be careful about how you. All do right. Things. So if someone wants to join or get in touch with the with the uh, Rose Calgary, Society, what's the up, best way? Just do a search on Calgary Rose Society. They have a very good website. 
Uh, they can order the book there. They can join, um, uh, get a membership there. If they have questions, there's a place where they can send in their questions, and eventually those get to myself or one of the other senior people that have been around a while. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Brian. I really appreciate it. And uh, continue on and have a good fall. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks, bye Brian. Now. All right. Bye-bye. Um, so, Terry, you're, I know you, you said you have a fairly a big rose garden as well. Um, did you learn anything? Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. I, I've never planted um, – I, I will typically – drag home you know one or two of the the tea roses in a year but yeah. uh have never planted them with that uh bud union four inches below uh ground level and then mulch so i'm going to try that yeah absolutely no yeah. for sure and it's something to help get them through the winter if that works then that's great all right we have a bit of time we're going to go to the phone line i think robert is still on the line let's go to robert good morning robert hello thank you for being patient sorry about that yeah, no problem. Yeah, my uh, house in Dalhousie is facing north, and the first uh, five or six feet away from the house where it's shaded most of the time, uh, I'm growing these little mushrooms with a thin stem and a top about the size of a loony, which is uh, yellowish brown in the middle and no very light uh, white ring around the outer edge. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, do they need some kind of a, a fertilizer or chemicals that help? Do you uh, want you're trying to grow the mushrooms? Pardon? Are you growing them, or you want to keep them, or are you trying to get rid of them? No, there's about fifty or sixty of them just sprouted up in the last week here. Yeah, and, and it typically will come because after that rain we had, so there must have been spores in a certain area. And what the spores do, they activate any of that mushroom or any kind of fungus that you'll see. And then after a big rain like we had, you'll get um, you'll get mushrooms pop up. So I've, I've had a few pop up too. It could be, and again, from wood in the ground, like some old stumps, old roots. Um, and then this, the spores are in there, and then all of a sudden you'll get uh, – mushrooms growing and it's not really there's not much you don't want to fertilize them like they're not a heavy feeder or anything like that they just like what's going on so if they have that shady very organic um soil shady like that and some moisture they just uh they come up and they grow off that spore and away they go oh yeah and so what do and I then do they'll be gone like yeah, a lot of people just pick them and get rid of them so i'm not sure what variety you have like to eat them or anything i, I without 100% seeing them and comparing to something I wouldn't recommend. Um, you could do some searchers, some great mushroom books that you could find out if that's something you would like to get into. But a lot of people just pick them and uh, and then just dispose of them. Unless you're, if you want to just let them do their thing, you can just let them go and do their thing. Yeah, no, I just want to get rid of them. Okay, thanks. Yeah. All right, thanks, Robert. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Um, and I know we are getting our mushroom kits back in um, for people that wanting to grow mushrooms. We had a lot of folks um, wanting to grow mushrooms last year, so we were bringing okay, and we're bringing those back in again this year. So we'll get uh, get those back in stock for everybody. I got a quick question here. Hi, Merle. I see a lot of spruce trees around the Airdrie area that appear to be dying. Uh, 
I have a few in my yard as well. Do you know what the issue is? Just drought or some sort of parasite? And that's from Mike. If hey Mike, and like I was saying a little bit ago, if an, if it's on the inside of the tree, for the most part, it's just a natural shedding process. And and when it first starts, it it, it does look quite bad. There, all of a sudden, it just turns totally yellow for two or three feet inside the tree, and it looks like it's just totally dying. But that's just a natural shedding process. You'll see it in the pine trees as well right now. They're doing. If you're seeing it on the outside, that's where I'd be more concerned. And on the outer branches, if you're seeing a bunch of that, then there's definitely some concern. Uh, there's could be a few different uh, things that could be going. I would get in touch with an arborist at that point and uh, have somebody have a look at it and then go from there. We're going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255, if you'd like to give us a call. And we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Hi. Hi there. How can we help you? Oh, it's very nice to talk to you. Um, do you remember in the good old days we used to get a spruce tree in grade three? Um, Absolutely. Well, on Arbor Day, my father planted mine, and 50 years later, it's still growing strong. Now okay. we're moving, and I wonder, how do you propagate a blue spruce? Do you um, you'll, take a you want to go there, and or can you use the pine cones or what pine would I do yeah, to the move spruce it? cones, the cones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I got a ton of spruce trees growing underneath my spruce trees right now because with this past year there was such a big cone infestation. Mm -hmm. Like so that's just a trigger for the spruce trees. They they go through a cycle where it's okay, it's time to spit out a bunch of seeds. And uh, and start fresh. You could try if you have a bunch of those little saplings underneath. You could try digging those up, um, or grab a bunch of the pine cones, and then you can save the seeds. And then next spring, plant them into and some soil the, and start them that way. With the pine cones, I've noticed you know the squirrels have chewed through some. Some yep. are very tightly bound, and some are obviously been in the heat and opened up. Which ones are the best to use for next the, spring? The ones that have been more opened up because okay. they're they're going through a bit more of a drying process. Grab a few, grab some tight ones, grab a few other ones, grab a bunch of seeds, and then just I would try to start a whole tray, like get like a you know the seed trays that you can get. Yeah. They're about sixteen inches long. Blah yeah. blah blah. I I would try to do a whole bunch. My son got a bunch from Olds College, and they propagated a bunch of and almost all the seeds came. And, and have germinated, so now I got a whole bunch of little seedlings, and now we got to figure out what we got to do with them. We started them a little bit late, so if if you start them early May, even a bit earlier, you'd be good. Start them inside, then move them outside right away. And do you crush the cone once it's dried to get the seed out, or how does that? Yeah, you have to crumple it up, and that? then yeah, you'll have to peel into each of those little. Um, little nodules on the cone mm -hmm. they each of them have a little seed in them okay and and 
if you if you're a little bit Google savvy, maybe even just Google a couple propagating a spruce tree from a from a cone, and okay, yeah, and then that'll help you give you a little bit more details. YouTube is uh, awesome for everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are you, Merle. Thank you very well, much for the advice. I can and... only go into depth so much though on this. So, but that's if you want to get a little bit more in depth, there's some things there that you can do. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your help. Awesome. Yeah, I don't want to be replaced by Google. Oh, no, never. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank you. All right. Take okay. care. Bye now. Thanks, Nancy. Bye-bye. Yeah, that would be bad, Terry. Hey? So, <laughs> let's yeah, talk Google. No. <laughs> no. Uh, AI, I guess that could uh, – um, all of a sudden, we, we're not answering anymore. Some guy will be talking in a computer voice for us, Terry. Let's <laughs> type in a question and AI. <laughs> uh, all right let's go to the phone line we have bruce good morning bruce hi bruce hi how you doing doing great how can we help you i'm doing fine thank you i've got a couple questions i stream your show all the time i live in the dominican republic awesome you finally had on your show today the gentleman with regards to roses Yes. I have a couple questions with roses, and I wonder if maybe you could assist. Absolutely. We'll give it our best shot. Okay. Um, the rose plants I have, they can grow up to like eight, nine feet tall, and the roses on them are about the size of your hand open. Okay. And uh, the the seasons here are a little bit different, obviously. Right now is... Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit envious. Everybody's sitting there going, here's this guy calling in from the Dominican growing eight-foot roses with blooms the size of our hand. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're nice. <laughs> yeah, I bet. No, hey, you're doing what you should be doing. Enjoy. Enjoy. Um, so, yeah, so what is the question? What do you want to do with them? Okay, well... The two two questions I have our our winter season I guess would be the hot dry season which is now yep and I'm trying to figure out when when best to prune them and I'm thinking that now would be the time to do it because it's going to start raining here in a, in about a few weeks and once it starts raining they're going to start popping even higher yeah um, so if that, if that's typically the cycle yeah you want to bring them down now if they've kind of gone through their season they kind of come to their end and if the new after the rains is kind of when they flush again um i would definitely do all my pruning now removing any of the dead damage disease branching do any reducing at this time and then and then even poppy poppy and fertilize just after that and then okay when you go now, into the, the rainy season and the flushing, they go too, be, because their their um, the stems on them are quite long, and then there's flowers, yep. and I mean, then there's leaves, and then there's flowers. So, I would be cutting if I prune them right back. I'd be cutting like most of the leaves off too. Do I cut them back yep. down that far? Um, have you done any uh, like pruning like that before on any of them? Well, I've had them for like 12 years now, and they just keep getting like the longer the stem gets on the bottom, then the higher up they go on top. I, I think we're fine to take them down because it'll it'll send out new shoots from that, just like any of the other roses. We basically reduce them, and then they'll pop out. Terry, any thoughts on on that besides us flying well, down and helping them out down there? Yeah. I can try it. I can try it because, I mean, they, they do. If I keep watering them, they will continue to bloom. All year long it's just that they're better blooms once she really starts natural rain absolutely well let's see terry might have a thought on on when to prune as well 
Okay. Yeah, I think we definitely need to go down there and see this rose bush. Exactly. Um, the uh, <laughs> get not being entirely in tune with with your season on that. If they've gone through a, a period of growth and flowering, uh, and like you say, and, and you're entering your, your your winter period there, I would probably um, cut them back now, um, knowing that they've sort of completed a cycle, um, and then they're going to sort of recharge, get ready for um, blooming again. I think you're probably, yeah, safe to do that now. What kind of fertilizer would I use on that? Well, you want to find um, something with a high middle number. Yeah. Okay. Like when you go to that, the garden centers down there, look for well, something. A little bit different, but yeah, I can find yeah. fertilizer, I'm sure. Yeah, 15, 30, 15 is typically the numbers you'd use here, something like that. And down okay. there would be something similar. You're going to find a good all-purpose bloom. You look for a blooming fertilizer. So if you're talking to the guy at the store, ask him for, for something, a water-soluble. Um, that you can just fertilize and uh, and go from there. You probably don't have much of the um, powdery mildew, things like that down there. Yeah, and the assuming. soil here is pretty clay, almost a reddish kind of color too, but it seems to seems to do the job. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, and it, a lot of it is... And then you just need to supplement because a lot of the roses and that, like all the cut roses, everything is growing down there in Columbia and things like that. Um, the, and so you just got to watch, the, obviously, some bugs and and things like that. Very but, few. Yeah. So if you're reducing it, I, I think you're fine to reduce the plant. Like if it's eight feet high and you want to take it down to, to four or five feet just to thicken it up even to make it go I, right now is probably the best time like I said before it flushes and then you get that right. more natural growth coming right after that okay and the next one is and I've not tried this before but I've, I'm, I'm letting the rose hips on some of the plants uh, form all the way out and then I've taken the seeds out currently I've got um, collecting them and putting them in little baggies and putting them in the bottom of the fridge uh, yep. where you would put your vegetables and I want to try and grow those um, come when it gets cooler. Like right now, she's in the mid-30s, cooling down to the high 20s at night. So I want to wait till it's a little bit cooler. How do I start them from the seed? Well, on those ones, they'd be very similar to a lot of the seeds. But I think like even like Brian was saying earlier, you have the opportunity even to take cuttings. So on that, right after you get the new growth, when it flushes new growth, you could definitely just take cuttings, like two or three-inch slips off the top when they're nice and soft. And then right. you can get a rooting hormone, put those into soil, and they'll root up really quite easily that way. Um, from the rose hip, Terry, how would you go about that? And this is maybe some something for other people to try as well. Okay, like I've, take, I've taken the cuttings before, and it's worked quite well. I just put them in a bucket of water for a day, and then I dig a hole yeah. in the ground and stick them in. And I, yeah, I think that's going to be your out. your yeah, that's going to be your best. Success. But if you want to try the things, let the seeds dry out, um, and then put them into the soil. Let them dry for a month or so. Let put them into the soil, and then. You should be good. That should just root up and uh, and propagate that way. We got to go for a break. Thanks and uh, okay, well, thank you're listening you guys, to uh, Let's Talk Gardening. Thank you so much. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I am here at Terry Kemper, and we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to. And if you'd like to join us, I'll actually give the number real quickly: four zero three. 
974-8255 if you'd like to join us we have some spots open let's go to kathy good morning kathy hi hi merle how are you doing great how can we help you Good. Um, I uh, did some um, raised vegetable gardening this year and had a few issues that um, I, I wanted to ask you about. One about my zucchini and another about some Roma pole beans. Um, okay. The zucchini in, in the raised garden bed, they grew beautifully. They were, um, you know, lots of seeds. They had lots of flowers and, and they looked like the zucchini was growing, you know, really nice and healthy, but it would only get about two or three inches long and then it would get yellow at, excuse me, at the end and just kind of fall off. So okay. I did have, a, a, it, like I said, they were very healthy. I did get a little bit of leaf mold in the middle of the season, but I sprayed it and dealt with that and that was fine. How, how deep are your, how deep, how deep are the beds? Uh, they're quite deep. They're those okay. raised black plastic ones from Costco. I don't know if, you, okay. if you've seen yeah. them there. Yeah, yeah I've seen those. So My biggest thing with those two is, and those usually work great because I have, I have some cucumbers that are in, I have some wooden ones that we have, um, and I have some of the cucumbers. I decided to leave one of them. It's the size of a zucchini now. I just kind of left it to continue to grow. Um, yeah. The biggest thing is the really slow, deep watering, even in the containers like that. Like, even when you water on top, especially when you get the zucchini, because they take a lot of water. And if you just water on top, I, I you really need to, like, soak them. I and do. I'm not sure if, okay, if you do that, then that's a good thing. And if they're rotting off, it could be, what type of soil did you use? I used miracle Grow and I topped it up with some free compost that I got. Okay, the, that could be the problem too. You just got to watch the compost if it's yeah. not aged. Um, oh. Or I was going to say, if you use the same soil, if you use that answer soil from Costco, it's the worst soil out there because you get tons of rot. It's like bark mulch in a bag. It's Actually, so, no, it was like the Miracle Grow potting okay, soil. Okay, yeah, no, and some of that is is kind of it's it's decent. Um, so you should be okay. It could be lacking calcium as well. Like if you're getting the end rot and it's just dropping off, and mm -hmm and or a bit of inconsistent water when you have that soilless mix just totally soil um you could like if it dries out too much and then water dries out then water try and do a little bit more consistent watering is the only other thing any other tips terry would you like to add maybe yeah my thought was the soil too so um i would going forward don't reuse that soil it's in there make sure that you Re replenish that by at least half okay. next year and yeah definitely right. watch that i do that, that actually anyway yeah yeah, in those ones, compost. use the three-in-one mix or something. Like, use the one that has a, it's a, not necessarily just a straight soilless mix. You can, but I like to add in a bit of like the like the like their spruce it up all purpose or the miracle, and then like add the in like mix. a three-in-one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because um, I find that it gets too hot for them, right? They almost get burned out. I find a bit without some real soil. Okay. The the thing that I had Googled um, a, a month or so ago or a little bit longer than that was that maybe they weren't being fertilized. So I bought yeah, something. I ordered something online called Set Spray. So I, okay, I that's not a fertilizer. The, that's more of a – that's just to help the pollination. Or I meant pollen, um, they weren't being pollinated. Sorry, I said fertilized. Yeah, pollinated. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm so, not – yeah, and some of those sprays and stuff, I'm not – 
like you just got to really hopefully rely on mother nature or a paintbrush get a nice soft bristle paintbrush and then you just go from bloom to bloom you find the one yeah. with the little um little fruit on the end and and then grab the other one and then you rub them and and do that yeah. way some of that artificial fruit set i i'm i'm not sure how well that works like if it's just a bunch of pollen in the can or i'm not even too sure how it works i just think okay it just try maybe bring some more flowers into your yard maybe try to attract a few more bees things like that i actually have quite a few bees this year you okay. guys did my front la uh, landscaping and some okay, of the nice. tree, uh, plants that were put out there have really attracted the bees so yeah i i you um, must have been working with I, conrad <laughs> Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. He's, he's our he's uh, he loves the plant. So yeah, um, yeah. So it so if you're getting lots of bees, I, I don't think it's that. I think it's more the line like Terry and I were thinking. It's the soil, and maybe the okay. compost. You just gotta be careful when you use new compost if it's not really aged. Sometimes it causes more. Like it has too. It's too rich right away, and it and yeah. a lot of the fruit won't grow. It just rots off. And well, I understood it was, it was composted. Uh, um, 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 what do they call it when it's uh, aged? When they aged, oh, I yeah, forget the, yeah. I think it was aged, but you never know. No, and that's the no. same thing. If you're getting it from somebody, or or if it's from a farm, or who knows, wherever, you just you're not 100 percent sure what it is. Um, mm -hmm. So on those ones, if you're just doing raised beds, like it's worth the extra little expense. I think if you if you get the get some good soil, get the good three in one mix, or even if you want to add some sea soil to that existing soil, remove mm -hmm. the like Terry was saying the top third, and then add okay. in some sea soil and a bit of potting mix for next year, and I think that should definitely help you out. Okay. And then my other uh, quick question was, I've, I've, I mean, I've always, for the most part, done vegetable gardening in the soil, but now I'm in a smaller place. I'm doing more container gardening. Yep. But I used to grow Roma pole beans and Roma bush beans at the bottom in a big pot with a tripod in, in Ontario. And I would get so many beans off of that little tripod that I'd have to freeze them. Um, yep growing them here this was my second year trying them in a big pot and they didn't I, I hardly got any beans on them um i wonder do you think it's because there's too too much nitrogen in the soil is that a problem uh, again with it, it can be for sure you just again you want a good balance um well-balanced soil um i know like my neighbor i see beans and some of the scarlet runner beans and things like that are just growing like crazy and the mm -hmm. beans this year in a lot of the gardens were phenomenal like we've seen so many like the green and yellow beans and my peppers it's been a great season for growing that type of thing so you should have had good success again just start with a really good soil if you're not too sure what it is i would recommend not using it like add that okay. compost to you if you have a shrub bed or something like that but if you're trying to grow veggies and you're going through all this effort we want to know you want a bit more of a controlled environment so you know what's going on in there and just a regular general all-purpose fertilizer for for the zucchini throughout the season yeah you or? want some with a high middle number you want like a 15 yeah. 30 15 again and okay. uh, water really well first and then fertilize and then you should okay. be good and this consistent and even a tomato fertilizer is great for them because it has the calcium supplement so it also mm -hmm. will help with any of that blossom end rot like the evolve tomato food is phenomenal for that okay good to know all right all, all right 
Well, wish me All luck right. for next season. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, go again, Kathy. Thanks. Thanks for calling. I will. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 All right. We got to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I am here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. And uh, we'd be happy to take a call. Probably squeeze in one or two more. We got John on the line. Good morning, John. Hi, John. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Merle. Yeah, of course. How can we help you? I have a plum tree, and last uh, fall when it froze so quick, the leaves never fell off it. They just froze onto the tree, and they stayed that way all winter. And this spring, they never fell down. Yep. And I had to really knock the trees off, uh, leaves off with water. Uh, and it hasn't produced leaves on one side of the tree, just a little bit on the other side. Okay. Is that going to be an issue? Is the tree dead or what? Does that, will they come back next year? Yeah. What I think he probably got is it didn't get a chance to go to bed totally, right? When the, when we had that early frost in some areas, and unfortunately like some of the plums, um, the, the little bit tender fruit, some of the maples, when they get that, it almost freeze dries them. Like they get a, the wood gets freeze dried on there. So what I would really do is, I'm going to, I, I would give it a shot of Rage Plus right now, and Not water really well. Give Rage Plus. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, give it a couple good shots of that going into fall. And then again next spring, like as soon as we start seeing it leaf out, um, next spring, give it a couple of doses of the Rage Plus and just water it in well. And just ensure that it has mulch in that going to bed this winter so that way it can just freeze in, stay frozen. And that's the unfortunate thing on some of these areas, if you if you get that freeze dry on on some of your plants, like the plums and the maples and and some of the ash trees, it, you get that winter, you get that, it's almost like freeze dried the wood. And uh, it's, it, it, so there's probably a good chance if it just happened, we can still get some life back into it. And the Rage Plus would be our best solution for that. But the one side, it has a couple, three branches, which have fairly good foliage and produced some thumbs this year. But the other yeah. side of the tree is, is totally dead. There's nothing there. And they're knocking the leaves off with water. Yeah, so it does, let's just see if we can get some life back into it. Again, we don't want to hit it with any heavy fertilizer, but the Rage Plus is more of a, it's like uh, taking a great super vitamin for your for your plants. It's like just something like us if you that you just you feel like crap and you need something to make you feel good. And some depends what it is for some people, but this is a like a shot in the arm. And the Rage Plus, it it gets the it gets the life going back up into the trees. It can actually rebuild the tissue in your plants. So mm -hmm. let's let's so let's give that a shot. Terry, any other thoughts? Would you say stick with that, or what would you? Yeah, no, I would I would try the rage for sure. Um, it just you know helps um, plants that are struggling and helps plants do what they're supposed to do. So at this point, um, I think that's all I could recommend. Continue good deep waterings on it and some rage and. Yeah, get that ready for for winter. Yeah, and, and then do, do it I, again in the spring. Like do it now, a couple shots. We're getting some really good weather, so if you can get some on it today, tomorrow would be great. Um, 
and then and then get it get some more into it next next first thing in the spring. Well, just give it, give it that like normal watering, or yeah, what well, you do is water the tree first, and then around the drip line. So it depends how wide the tree is. So get a couple, just do a couple steps away from the main trunk, and just go mm -hmm. around the drip line and and pour it into the root zone. Um, and that would be great for it. Okay. You mix Thank it into a five-gallon pail. All right. Thanks. Hopefully you get some luck on that. Let us know, John. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so take Thanks, a picture so now. If you can, take a picture now and then take it, then take a picture next spring. And, like, sometimes then we'll be able to see if we're doing something. Those are always good pictures to see if we get some uh -huh. success. If not, we'll have to get you some pruning done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks, John. Bye. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes it's uh, it, we might have to re re resort to calling Mark out to fix that up with some pruning. So, <laughs> but uh, let's try and see if we can get it fixed up first with some Rage Plus because I've seen some amazing things with that Rage Plus, and especially if you catch it early in the first year like that, there's a good chance we can get some uh, get the tissue rebuilt back up into the branches and. Uh, and get it going again. We're going to take one more break here. Right. If you'd like to join us, phone line is open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, Gord's playing some pretty pretty good music. Sometimes I feel like just sitting and listening for a little bit. Uh, anyways, um, good choices on the incoming music. And if you'd like to join us, phone line is what we are. Actually, we'll see. We might be able to get one more. 403-974-8255. We're going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Oh, good morning. Um, I have some uh, tomato plants in pots. I've got sweet okay. million and also lemon citron. And they okay. still have lots of green tomatoes on them. And I'm just wondering, is there going to be time for them to ripen? I think so. I, I got the same issue. I got lots ripening. But nice thing is with tomatoes, even if they just start ripening, you can pull them off if we do get some cold. But the forecast um, looks phenomenal for the next three weeks. So I think we're going to – we're into a great uh, fall season here. And uh, stuff is going to be able to continue to grow. The soil's nice warm. So actually, I just fertilized again my tomatoes yesterday. I watered them really good first. Gave them a shot of fertilizer, going into the last shot, trying to get some more growth, and uh, and so a bit more fruit coming off them. Let them finish up right ripening. So I, I think we're going to be good. And then if we get that that frost, I think uh, you just pull them off at that time, and. Uh, put them into uh, a ripening place in your house and let them go. Okay, and um, there's a lot of flowers. I'm wondering if I should cut the flowers off so that they're yeah, not I taking did. away from the energy of the plant. Absolutely. If you got a lot of tomatoes already on there, and I did a bit yeah. of the same, I, I cut off a bunch of the foliage as okay. well, a bunch of the leaves and, and some of the blooms and things. Yeah, the energy, let's get all the energy go to finishing up the fruit that you have on, on the plant as well. And... Uh, uh, do you if you pick them at different times of the day? Like I love grabbing them. Like I like to have them first thing in the morning. I oh, just find they're okay. like they're yeah. Like go out early. Like even even still, it's probably still not warm enough. But if you go out when it's cool in the morning, I yeah. find they just they're, they're that much more sweet. Like they're it's the best oh. time to pick your tomatoes. Like they just have a, a higher su sweetness content. Yeah. So okay, that's good to know. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thanks, Lynn. Okay. Thank you. 
Bye-bye. All right. Got a few other texts here, too. Um, can you take cuttings from coleus? Absolutely. A lot of the soft plants, you can take cuttings. There's quite a few, like even the petunias, coleus. If you And uh, absolutely, you can. I was thinking the same. I got some gorgeous coleus this year. I, I popped a couple hanging baskets just into some pots, Terry. And they had the fuchsia. And they just... They've grown amazing. Like it's just sort of, I think there's a an easy way to do a pot. Like it looked a little bit small at first when I stuck it in there into the urn, but it was sort of end of the season. We had some nice coleus with some fuchsias and stuff, and they just did amazing. So, anyways, yeah, they're, that's a uh, great addition to a container garden. Absolutely, to get that yeah. nice color, right? And the newer varieties of coleus, they're so different uh, than from uh, yeah from what they yeah. used to have right so it's just nice to see um so what are you doing in your garden at home terry are you, what do you got any any plans uh right now i'm kind of editing some things that i'm sort of have you know gotten a little bit too big i'm sort of hacking back and making some space for some new things um i've got uh, a bunch that i've sort of accumulated over the summer that i got to get ready and, and get planted and in the ground but uh, mostly right now, I'm just kind of editing and, and making spaces for for some new stuff. Huh. And and uh, what about putting stuff to bed? Uh, not too much of that yet. I I, I tend to. Uh, I just actually harvested some garlic uh, last night. Um, I probably should have done that a while ago, but I put a shovel under it and popped that out of the ground and had pretty good success with it. I was I was quite pleased. So. I'll, Are you going to plant I'll, some more garlic right now, or? Yeah, so I'll take some of that, poke it back in the ground. But um, we just got a, a shipment of uh, garlic bulbs in here at the store, so I'll probably take a few more varieties home um, and try some some different different types now. <clears throat> it's such easy stuff to grow, and it's it's quite gratifying to uh, to see all you know, those single cloves that you uh, put in the ground come out as actual bulbs, um, kind of a year later. So, um, and yeah. I've been, uh, and I'm going to work on, we're going to get Myrna on soon too, the um, Myrna Pierman, the bird lady. Um, I've been having some fun with uh, the blue jays in my yard. I've been uh, I've coaxing them almost right up to my hand um, to come and get a peanut. So they come oh, right really? up to my chair right in front of me. So I've got some good snapshots of uh, of the blue jay. He almost okay. comes up. He flies up to my chair, sits on the chair, sort of looks at me, grabs the peanut, and then flies off. Sort of gives me a little <laughs> look like he's like he's posing. So I've moved on from hummingbirds because I've chatted with my you know. neighbor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I chatted with the neighbor, and he says they just don't come through here. Like he's tried and – Honestly, in my planters, I have so much vermilionary in them, and and some of the things that there's no reason if they're coming through, they're definitely going to stop by. I've had a couple, but nothing like I, like down by the river. So there's certain areas where they must come through, and they must follow the riverbed a bit more. In certain areas in Calgary, where they're where they're going to go through and do that, and. Uh, and, and and continue on like that. So anyway, so I'm next year. I'm not going to do as much uh, planting, and I'm sort of planning for next year. Same thing is not so much uh, hummingbird focused planters. Right. I'm going to go more for for flowers and and uh, and continue to feed the blue jays with my peanuts. So anyways, <laughs> kind of fun. Anyways, we got to go. Um, and we'll be here right next year, next week, and we'll get our garden on right here on QR Calgary.